Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the old-style slugger, Muggsy James from Oak Forest, Illinois, here with Red Dog on the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. That's right. And by the 80-something episode, which I keep exaggerating that number because that's what we do anyway in this world, is you should be calling me your Sherpa. And like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And today, you see the man right next to me. He comes to us from JWA. He comes to us from Russell League. He comes to us from T3W and Dynamic. He is... The most badass man you'll meet in Illinois. He is Muggsy James. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, what up, man? <laughs> so that was quite the uh honestly you put me up there. <laughs> <laughs> man, I take you listen, man. Like I take pride in like doing these intros because it's so much fun to do. And like the shock value that I see people's faces where it's like yeah, I did. No, 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 man. We don't. We, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, uh, so. Oh no, we froze again. This is kind of in full. Oops. We're cutting out again, big guy. Okay, what did we uh did I leave off at? Uh, the shock value. Okay. All right. So sorry. That's cool. Three, two, one. No, man. Like I take total pride in like doing all these because like the shock value that people get when they see me like do these intros and stuff. They're just like, uh, no, 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 no. We don't do that. No, no I didn't realize it was like that. Like it's just it's <laughs> funny to do. So I just I enjoy doing this all the time. Absolutely. Yo, but so full transparency for all everybody out there who don't know, this is the first time that we actually get to have our full conversations. But man, like we got to chop it up a little bit before the show, and then you're bringing up some interesting stuff. Like you take some time off, you're coming back, some things that you kind of like struggle with, some things that you were doing. So I'm just very curious, man. Like how how is it that like you kind of take some time off, come back, and then like. Does it feel? Because a lot of people will be like, it's like riding a bike. Is it like riding a bike, or is it kind of just like a you just gotta just gotta redo it all over again. Um, the biggest issue coming back was footwork. It seemed like I was tap dancing when I got back in the ring for the first time because my feet were just everywhere. Um, I definitely had to do some things more than once. Like I had to do it slowly one time, and then like, all right, oh, there we go. And it it is, but you definitely got to knock some rust off. Especially, it'd been like a year and a half since I've been in a ring before I came back. Hmm. Yeah, I always feel like it's crazy because, like, I know for me, uh, when, like, COVID hit, so I started in January 2020 when COVID hit, uh, it kind of shut everything down. But, like, I had been bumping, like, every weekend, right? So I was, like, I was taking a pounding on the mat. And then going away and coming back at the end of May, almost two and a half months away from the ring, I was so scared to take my first bump. Um, Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I came back in November, and I did a battle royal just to, like, 
dip my toes in again, see if I like this still. Did, loved it, and I've been fully invested since. Um, yeah, I did like four or five more battle royals. I mean, I was still going to practice and training and whatnot, but I didn't take a bump on a show until Saturday. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do strictly battle royals for the rest of my career because that means I don't have to bump. <laughs> yeah, just stand there, punch kicks, you know, maybe a chop here and there, yeah. just get thrown over. <laughs> yep, 30 seconds in and I'm out. It was funny because, like, I, I had worked at Battle Royal and um, at 1CW in Delaware, right? And, uh, yo, there was this dude named uh, Tiberius. And, you know, normally in a Battle Royal, like, you don't have to bump. You can just yeah. tell someone to throw you over. So I walked out to him, and he's, like, almost, like, 6'10". I just walked out to him, and I just loaded up like I was going to do a choke slam, And, like, <laughs> the immediate regret because I was like, this 100% is going to suck. And then he like put his hand on me. I was like, yeah, we're going for a ride. <laughs> I was like, Yo, I forgot. I was like almost seven foot drop. I was like, yeah, that, that sucked every bit that I thought it was going to suck. One thing I haven't taken since coming back is like a choke slammer out here. We call him a Superman bump. Mm. Haven't taken one of those in a long time. And I don't plan on it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've often, I've heard them as referred to as choke slam bumps or even like dojo bumps, but yeah, or j- yeah. yeah, we call them Japanese bumps sometimes because it's kind of just like a jump and then you flop back. Yeah, <laughs> and I I've taken I it's like one of my favorite bumps to take, and like I probably should really limit how many times I take that bump, but yeah. <laughs> it's it is a lot of fun to take, and people look at me like I'm crazy because like I'll do it in practice just by myself just for fun just and people are like why do you like doing that I was like I don't know it doesn't really hurt as much because it hurts just about as much the same as every other bump that we yeah. do <laughs> I had a big thing of taking flip bumps for a long time like I'd get to practice roll roll bump flip bump flip bump flip bump just I want to make flip bumps look so good for some reason yeah oh yeah I I think a good flip bump is like sets the crowd off because they're just like what oh, just happened? absolutely <laughs> Yo, so for those who don't know, man, who is Muggsy James? Uh, Muggsy James is a Southsider blue-collar dude from Chicago. You know, uh, this is hard. No one's ever asked me this question. They just ask why I like wrestling. (laughs) It's like, yeah, blue-collar guy. I mean, I work a real job. Totally happy with it. Love it. Uh, Love wrestling a lot more. But yeah, just a big agile guy. And that's a fair that's a fair statement. Like that's great. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like as far as the actual character, not fully developed yet, but brawler. Mm. Gritty, like really gritty. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta have that never die attitude that I'm always coming back at you, like no matter what. Yeah. I mean, I'm here to have fun. You know, definitely here to joke around a little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm here to wrestle. I'm here to get pinned or pin and get paid and go home. That's simple as that. Hey, I like that though, man. So we'll ask you the next question. Uh, what got you into the sport? Uh, definitely the Hardy Boys. You won't see me do any Hardy Boys style stuff, but like the Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys back in the day. I mean, I was probably five or six when that whole thing, that whole storyline was going on. So I feel like that was the perfect age to captivate a kid with colors and flips and, oh my God, he just hit him with a chair. (laughs) 
<laughs> I do. I remember like I remember the first time watching like the TLC match go down and just standing it just like watching in awe, like yeah. not believing what I was seeing. And then they announced the second TLC match, you know, for WrestleMania. And then there's just the spot that'll always be remembered is just Jeff Hardy like hanging on the titles and here yeah, comes the spear. With the spear. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like the the idea of like these like gladiators are in this ring and you have all these bumps that you're just taking and just the falls. Like you're pretty sure their career's getting shortened, and by all means, they weren't. They just kept going on. Yeah, like, I mean, never stopped. All of them to this day are still going, and that's crazy. Yeah, it is insane <laughs> to think about too. That let's see. Uh, well, I mean, aside from Devon, right? Yeah, I didn't retired. know what the Dudleys were doing, really, but yeah, but you still. I mean, Bubba's still in the ring. Matt and Jeff are on their farewell tour right now. From what you know, everybody else keeps saying. Edge yeah. is about to be in WrestleMania, and Christian is a part of Jungle Express on AEW. Like it, it is, it is insane to see these guys are still like, and it, you know, because Edge and Christian both left because you know they had to like retire, yeah, from wrestling because of like physical issues. Which, by the way, like that is a real thing. Like you do get banged up a lot. But yeah, my, uh, my left shoulder blade has been tight for about three weeks now. I don't know what I did. <laughs> the middle of my back is just fried. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> It's like get up, bump, train, uh, and then go to the gym. <laughs> you have to keep yourself in shape. Like it's yeah, just destroyed. But it's uh it's one of those things where it's like you look at Edge and Christian and like they take some time off, they go away, but then they come back and they can just they it, it feel like it felt like they just never left the ring. They just came in and were just all ablaze. Yeah, I mean Edge came back and it was almost just like watching Edge in two thousand uh, whenever, right before he retired, like he was still on top of everything. Right. And then you look at someone like Jeff, like Jeff hadn't taken like a major injury until like their second run back in WWE, like right after they came back from WrestleMania, like he injured his shoulder. And I think he like hurt his leg, like he broke his leg, like motorcycle, like playing on his dirt bike. Yeah, on his dirt bikes. <laughs> and then like after that, like, I mean, his career, like in WWE and that second run was kind of like injury ridden. But since coming back to like, or since going to AEW, like him and his brother are just like tearing up the scene. So it's it's crazy to think like they're still doing it, and they're like in their you know early like late forties, almost fifties. Yeah, uh, they're actually going to be in Illinois later on in April, like mid April, I want to say. And my girlfriend wants to go so badly, and I was like, I can't pay to go to that. I can't do it. <laughs> It's <laughs> like I'll pay for it. I was like, ah, that's not the problem. Like that's not the point. I just I can't go meet them and pay to meet them. You know what I mean? You gotta work. You gotta work to get that backstage, right? But then part of me is like, also like childhood like thing. Like it's not like I'm going to meet. I don't know Danhausen at Comic Con. Like I'm going to meet childhood heroes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but hey, Danhausen. If you come on the show, Danhausen, we have no problems. Yeah, not no. I will think Danhausen lots of money if Danhausen would show up. I've got a gnarly tooth I got pulled that I'm waiting to give to Danhausen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so talk to me, man, because like I said, like you kind of like been in and out. I'm just curious, man. What's like one of the worst bumps you've taken? Um, it's definitely so. I took a pile driver in like my third match, but nothing happened at all. I was perfectly fine. But I gave, I took an arm drag at practice one time, and dude who did it landed right on my feet so i couldn't flip over mm. and i just like spiked myself and i had a gnarly stinger from like bottom of my ear down to like almost my elbow mm. uh 
and I just freaked out. I didn't want to do it anymore. I sat out for the rest of practice and I felt like a crybaby about it. But I mean, my arm was hanging there. I couldn't do anything with it until the next morning. <laughs> Other than that, though, man, everything's been smooth. I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. And I know what I won't do. I think that's the important part is that when you're when you're in your early 20s, right, just the world is invinci- like you're invincible to the world and you yeah. just like run and do all sorts of crazy stuff like seeing like Darby Allen, like landing on steel stairs, like with a barrel on his back. Concrete, man. They're, when it, Ethan Page threw him down the stairs, it was. <laughs> and he just gets up and is just like, hey, I'm going to take a week off because, you know, my body kind of got banged up a little bit, but I'll be back. Whereas like you're in your like, like for myself, right. I'm in my late thirties and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. Like, that's just not yeah. okay. <laughs> and like, I'm probably too young in my career to actually tell anybody like, Hey, no, I won't do that. But like I said, I like my job. I love my job and wrestling is just for fun. I will happily just be like, okay, well then figure something else out. Like Canadian destroyers are about the only thing I won't take. I have, I have done that. <laughs> if, was, like, if PD Williams was like, Hey, we're working tonight. You're taking a Canadian destroyer. Like, can we bury the business on here? Is that cool? <laughs> Uh, but i'd be like okay that i i'll do that or like the dude i took it from his thighs are like the size of my waist not literally but he's he's got big thighs i knew my head wasn't even going to touch the mat right but yeah that's about it like i'm not picky i'm just not going to do something stupid for you know no if i'm on tv like yeah oh vince you want me to do anything crazy i'll jump off the titantron for you I feel I feel that like a hundred percent. Like, like yeah, you know what? Let me go ahead and just take that. I'll take that bump. But, yeah. Uh, after that, like, mm. <laughs> but you know what? It's crazy because I would. It's one of those things where I, because you know, like especially in WWE where they there's like the, there's I don't want to say the rumor. It's just been stated that if Vince asks you to do something, it's not that he hasn't. It's something that he's willing to do versus like he won't do anything that someone that he won't do. Right. Yeah. It's because like. You know they they've showed him like riding the the zip line. Yeah, they showed him when he jumped off the the crow's nest onto some crash mats because Gronk yeah, wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh. He's a crazy old man, dude. <laughs> he is. And if he told me he's like, I need you to I need you to climb on top of the Titan Tron and jump off of it, I'd be like, All right, man, because I know you would do this. <laughs> so. Like Vince right now is about the age I think my grandpa my great grandfather was when he passed away. Mm-hmm. And to imagine my great grandpa doing anything that Vince McMahon would do to get the point across, like freaks me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like they had that match. They had the match at uh, Titan Tower, and it was like, yeah. like Vince, you you jumped over the side of this building knowing <laughs> that that mat was on the bottom because, like, that's a little sketch to me, man. <laughs> I loved that match too. Yo, it was great. That was the what the Money in the Bank match, right? Yeah, it was Money in the Bank, and it was the uh, oldest one. Yeah, 2020, man, when they were filming in the yeah. filming in Titan Tower, and they had all the great scenes too. Because like, it you was know, fantastically played. It kind of reminded me of like the old hardcore title matches. Yes, like the, the original hardcore title when they were wrestling in the Toyland at McDonald's, and <laughs> yeah, and I love that they had the men's and the women's kind of like going on at the same time. So like, yeah, you got to see both, but yeah. I was, I was like, I loved like that whole that whole match was just so much fun because there's just different things that happened everywhere. I love the fact that everybody got into a food fight as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know. There were all the random legends popping in, like right. 
also, I was like, we also just didn't, we didn't address the fact that Corbin almost murdered two people. Like there was attempted, like he threw Rey Mysterio off the building. Yeah, I mean technically, <laughs> and <laughs> Alistair Black, like he just threw him off too. Like yeah. yo, we just didn't even address that. Like we we're just like, yeah, it's cool. It's WWE. We just, you know, Vince faked his own death, so I guess that's what works. Oh <laughs> man, I I was so sad that day when the yeah. limo blew up. I remember too, like they did this segment too, like on I think it was on SmackDown where they had like the the tribute to Vince McMahon. Yeah. And like he was gone for a week. And then like and then obviously anybody who else knows he popped up randomly on TV and you guys all know why. <laughs> so, we just skim past that. So I'm curious, man. Like uh in a match, I'm just curious, like what's the hardest you've ever been hit? Dude, Saturday. <laughs> no. So for some odd reason. Like, so when I first started training, I had a couple, like, enhancement matches. Two of those dudes did the double overhand chop. Mm. And those were pretty hard, like, left some good handprints. But the dude I worked on Saturday, like, it wasn't, like, a big, it was, like, a, ha. Ah. The first one got me. I was, like, oh, tried to run away to the other corner to give myself some breathing room. And he was, like, ha, ah, no, threw me back in the corner, gave me another one, It like, rung my bell and I was like how did you just ring my bell from a chop old man <laughs> where did the strength come from dude I feel like that's a thing that happens as you get old like you get older like people will be like your strength fades away I don't think that's a thing man no like, I think I'm very strong believer in the, the idea that like every older man has at least 15 seconds of a strong fight left in him Oh, yeah. At least 15 seconds. And actually, let me retract that statement. My first, very first match was against a guy who, like, half helped train me, half trained with me. He was, like, the star student. Um, also one of my really good friends. Him and I beat the dog crap out of each other. Like, I left the ring, and I was, like, leaking nasal fluid. And, <laughs> like, <laughs> we beat the crap out of each other because we could. Well, we tell people all the time, like, if you can't hit your friends hard, who can you hit? Exactly. Thankfully, a lot of the guys in my area are my friends. And, I mean, in Chicago, we're all known to hit relatively hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so I'm curious, man, seeing that you are in Chicago, right, after a show, what's that post-match snack or post-match meal that you got to have? <laughs> so my home promotion where I train at, our last show was at the soccer arena, and they had, like, a full kitchen in there. And I got pizza. <laughs> Definitely pizza. Um, honestly, man, after I get done, I just want a beer. Mm. Like, I want one minute to sip a beer, probably, preferably like an old style or Coors Banquet, Coors Light if I have to. Um, and yeah, just sit back for a minute. Maybe, uh, what if, what's been my go-to? The Reese's Fast Break candy bars. Been keeping one of those in my bag lately. Yeah. Definitely not healthy. I should eat better, but usually like the day of a show, I don't eat. And then after the match is over, I'm like, okay, I can eat now. So I just try to fill up all my calories for the day within like a meal and a half. Listen, we all have one life, man. We're not going to be able to take good health with us to absolutely to to the final resting place. Good health's not going to come with us. But I feel what you're saying because I know for me, like I and I've said this many times on my show now. I have a bag of gummy bears with me every show 
Hell and yeah. it's like it's a pre-ritual now. And it's a <laughs> it helps me with my anxiety. And it's just a regular bag. It's not. It's it's not loaded gummies like a lot of people have asked me. It's just plain gummy bears. There's a a bodybuilder I follow and his in his pre workout and stuff. At the bottom, he'll drop a couple gummy bears in there. So once he finishes his pre workout, he gets a little snack afterwards. And I think that's awesome, oh, especially okay. coming from like a bodybuilder who eats chicken and rice. I think like, is that Jim Stepani because that's definitely a thing I'm going to start doing. From now uh, on. It, Jim Stepani definitely has talked about it because it spikes your insulin. Yeah, uh, it's Seth Ferrosi. Okay, short little. He's actually from out by you. Yeah, the Pennsylvania North Coast or like Northeast Coast. Yeah, uh, dude, he's like five foot six and two hundred and seventy pounds. The dude is ridiculous. Yeah, then I'm gonna start doing that now. When people ask me, I'm gonna be like, "Mind your business." That's all. <laughs> Come do what I want to do. Secrets of the trade, kid. Yes, <laughs> this is how you get jacked. <laughs> Yo, so. I'm curious though, man. So I just need to know, like, what's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn in the business? Um, not everybody is your friend. You're not in this to make friends. Like you said, the business, it's a business. I don't go to work to make friends. Now, when you make friends, it's awesome. I have a car full of guys I could take with me anywhere and I trust them, you know, to respect my car, to respect my name. If I bring them somewhere, which my name holds no weight, but you know what I mean? Like if I introduce you to somebody and you get booked there in the future and don't be a putz. And thankfully, like everybody around here would, for the most part was brought up the right way. So they also know that. Um, also I'm like a bigger guy compared to most of the guys in my area. So I need to stop doing little guy stuff, <laughs> which it's, it's crazy to say that I'm a big guy cause I'm two forty and six foot. Mm. But there's a lot of lit, like not little guys, a lot of smaller guys, a lot of uh, more cruiserweight esque competitors in my area. Okay, no, I understand what you're saying. Also, it's, learn gas costs money. Yeah, <laughs> and and lots of it. <laughs> yeah, I used a full tank on Saturday. I was like, Jesus, dude, I like wrestling in Illinois because I can get home without using a half a tank. <laughs> it's wild, man. Like. Uh, it's, it's cool that you're talking about that. Cause like, I know, like I have my own little group of circle, my own little, my small circle of friends that I can just like, Hey, yo, we, we go into this place. All right, cool. Let's go. And we'll jump in a car. We'll take off and we'll go to a spot, whether it's like New Jersey or Pennsylvania or Delaware, West Virginia, Virginia. See you soon. Um, but it's, we, we just get in the car. We just bounce where we got to go and we just have fun and just, you know, tear shit down and just, enjoy it but yeah gas is like mad expensive yeah, what, what's gas out by you right now uh i think the other let's see yes the other it was like 369 370 something like that okay so i'm about 70 to 80 cents higher than that here damn i, I think at the gas station by my shop is 443 right now no thank you yeah. i can pass <laughs> on all of that at one point it was like 407 out here yeah. Yeah. Nah. I'm so good. Like 4:07. I'm grabbing a couple gas cans out of my garage now and going to the gas station and filling them up. <laughs> we were just talking about it with some friends. We're like, you know, at this point in time, man, we are never paying under three dollars a gallon of gas. And I was like, and I remember in high school when it was just like a buck twenty-five. I was like, it's yeah. Like, I remember when five bucks for gas money was like a quarter tank to a half tank of gas. I mean, then again, my friends had like Honda Civics and Corollas and gas <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, they had gas-friendly cars, or fuel-efficient cars, I should say. Yeah. And now now we just have... 
yeah, we just have high gas prices. That's yeah. all we get. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious, man. I just want to see what kind of advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? They'd show up and do the work. Like paying your dues is a real thing and the right people will notice it. 100% the reason I got booked for the show on Saturday and the reason I'm booked on the show on Friday is because I show up and I help out. The company I'm working for on Friday, the November show, had 900 seats. A huge like indoor arena type thing. Um, me and one of the referees were there for setup. And then one other guy stayed for teardown along with me and the other guy. Mm-hmm. And then one veteran cleaned out the locker room and stacked all the chairs. Most of those guys that were on that show in the battle Royal are going to be in the battle Royal again, because you don't show up and help. No one's going to know who you are. If you just come and sit in the back of the locker room and wait for your spot. And also go to the gym. Even if your diet is crap, if you go to the gym consistently, you will notice progress and somebody else will notice progress. And it makes you feel so much better. Like I can't speak for everybody on like going to the gym and eating healthy, healthy, helping your mental health. For me, 100%. I feel so much better when I have a consistent week at the gym. And yeah. tuck your chin. For sure, tuck your, tuck your chin. Tuck your chin. Oh, yeah. Chin. Definitely tuck your chin. <laughs> I have to agree, man. Like, I know, like, uh, for a while, like, I wasn't having any. I think it was just because, like, part of me, like, having uh, my mental issues. Like, I just, the gym wasn't doing the thing for me. And then uh, I stopped going for, like, a long time. And then I, I got back into it probably like, like January of 2016. And since then I haven't like, I haven't missed more than probably like nine days in a row, uh, being at the gym. And that's because like, I'd go on vacation. Yeah. Otherwise I would just consistently be in the gym, just lifting every day. And it's, it's helped me out so much more. And then now that I, I live in the gym, like literally, like I work in the gym and then I come home and then I, like so I'm just constantly in the gym. It's like, it's done numbers for me. So please get in the gym, lift some weights, get yourself stacked up. Cause you know what? Muggsy said it. Yeah. People will notice. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, yeah, go to the gym, go to practice, go to practice. If, yes. and, and if you're a fan looking to get into wrestling, help out. I was helping tear down rings three years before I got in the business. Like show up, help out, be a fan, help them tear down the ring and ask them questions. If you stay after and help and show some dedication that you're willing to you know, do what's necessary, someone will help you out for sure. Yeah. That's a very and true statement. If you are a new guy in the business and you're going around to locker rooms with somebody who's a little bit, you know, on the card or whatever, Listen to the, what the other guys are talking about in the locker room. Listen to how they talk about their match. That's something that's been huge for me lately. I just watched two of my friends work a pretty deep, like really good tag team. They're actually uh, insane. Clown Posse has their promotion in Michigan. Yes, uh, they're actually they just became the tag champs there. So was, I watched their match and like critiqued it in my head, and then instantly went back to the locker room to hear them talk about it. Yeah, man, just study and put in the work. About as good as an answer I can give. Yeah, it's been, it was wild because like the day that we're recording this, right? Um, the day before, I had a friend of mine reach out to me and was like, "Hey, man, can you critique my match?" And he sent me his match, and like 
he said that so many of his friends will be like, yeah, it was good. And like, that's his only critique. Yeah. And so when he asked me, I sent him back like a list of things. Meanwhile, my friend was critiquing my match. Another friend of mine from New York was critiquing my match. And here's my friend from Texas and I'm critiquing his match. So like I get a list of notes. I kind of just like, I write them down, I send it to him. And then like, I do like speech. So that way he can give more emphasis on like certain parts of the notes he might have questions on. And then my friend was doing the same thing for me. He was like giving me blurps of everything that I was talking about. I was like, you know, only, only in this world, can you be like, Hey man, can you critique my match? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, thanks for the critiques. And I wrote back to my friends like, yo man, I appreciate you doing this for me. And I think more people should be comfortable asking for critiques. Like, I didn't get to watch my match back until I got home that night. Mm. My buddy recorded it and sent it to me and the file wouldn't load because we were in Bufu, Wisconsin and there was no service out there. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh my God. Like everybody was like, Oh no, you looked good. You didn't look lost. You, you sold right everything. And I'm like, okay, I still want to see it. <laughs> right. Uh, so that was nerve wracking the entire ride home. Like did the video load yet? Did the video load yet? I was going to, I was willing to pull over on the shoulder of the highway to watch my match. <laughs> that's the thing though is that like and that's that's one part too like I, i'll put that advice out there too if you do watch your match back don't be hypercritical but be critical yeah i mean there was a, there was a few things i noticed that like i could have done better like uh dude gave me the pull the legs apart and then he headbutted me and my nads yeah 100 percent. i went like oh didn't sell him the rest of the match. <laughs> now in my head, I'm like, all right, if he hits me in the nuts again, sell your nuts. Right. Or like there was one spot we did, um, super simple clothesline, back elbow, body slam. I shouldn't have gotten the body slam in a hope spot. He should have slipped out, gave me something. Yeah. But whatever. It was a short, simple match, and I did okay. So overall, I'm happy with it, but I know what I could have done better. Right. No, yeah, I definitely I definitely can relate to that. So man, like you said, like you've been around the around like you're around your area. I'm sure you've been in the business you've been in for quite a long time in and out. So I just need one do and one don't of the locker room. Do clean up after yourself. Don't, oh man. I've only been taught the do's because I'm pretty Pretty good in the locker room, I think. <laughs> oh man, don't offer advice unless it's asked, or like you know what I mean. Yes, don't come over and start talking to somebody in the middle while they're talking and be like, Hey, well, what if you did this? Like, hey, maybe tell them after the match, like, Hey, it would have been better if you did that. <laughs> if they ask you. Yeah. <laughs> I I will share this story right. Uh, I won't drop the name. I won't I won't even say the promotion. I'll just tell you like so I was asked to be on a show and I was asked to work the show. So I worked the show and then as I'm sitting in the back, just kinda like trying to get like get myself back together, uh, I got asked to do commentary. And I was like, Oh yeah, bet man, I got you. He's like I was like, Is there anything you want in particular? He's like, I want you to be a heel and do commentary. I was like, bet. I got you. So as I get ready to go, I get stopped by this guy. And he was like, oh, hey, you're the commentator. Uh, so when you see me, announce me this way. And then talk about the story that we're going to do this way. And I was like, 
no, and walked <laughs> out. <laughs> That's actually something. So the announcers and commentators we had back in the day when I was like first around, never really asked you questions. Oh, where are you from? Where are you from? What's your name? How much you weigh? Blah blah blah. Now they're like, hey, anything you want us to get over? And I'm like, no, I'm in a battle royal, dude. Don't even have to say my name. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like people ask me all the time, like about my stats and stuff like that, like height, weight, and like my character is meant to be that person that like you just don't know anything about him because uh flash four or you know signs uh he's a mercenary so you're not supposed to yeah so when people ask you for my yeah so people ask me my height i'm like yo i'm five nine or six two depending on what convenience store i'm running out of (laughs) (laughs) just i was like i think that's just the best thing to say so people were always like all right five nine and they're like oh i get it i'm like (laughs) But it's like, you know, when I do commentary and stuff like that, I loved like being able to just like whether I'm being, being like a heel color commentator or even like a face color commentator. I just like the idea of just like, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know the finish of the matches. I don't want to know anything about what's going yeah. on with the show. And I'm just going to call call the action as we see it. And when the play by play guy looks a little lost, then I can make fun of him. Like we did a we had a match. It was um, pure ignorance versus Riot City, right? And the <laughs> And as we're working the match, the play-by-play guy goes, well, you seem to know so much about them. Do you want to do this job? And I was like, do I get paid for this job? No, I just do research. Didn't you read the cue cards? And he was like, what cue cards? It's like, the ones in the back. Dude, you don't do anything, dude. <laughs> just like, just put it out. It was so much fun to do. I had such a blast doing it. I was like, if I ever, well, when I decide to retire, uh, that's exactly where I'm going to go. Right I'd love to be I'd like to try announcing one Yes. One time, I want someone to be like, hey, can you announce this show? And I would be like, yeah. Because I was was a vocalist in a death metal band. Like, I I know how to control a crowd. Let me me go out there and hype these bastards up. I, I, you know what? I know a lot of people say, like, as a commentator or as, like, the ring announcer, your job is to get over, like, everybody else. But I, I would just... Yeah, people be like, hey, uh, you know what? Like, we need that guy because he's really good. And I'm like, put myself over. Dude, I'm, I'm your gonna... announcer for this match. <laughs> At, when we get done recording on here, I'm going to send you a YouTube video of one of the announcers in our area. Over more over than anybody on the card for sure. <laughs> nice. Comes out to I was made for love and you that kiss song yeah, or whatever. No. Got the confetti uh, cannon like. Sleek suit jackets that say his name and bur- or uh, bedazzled on the back and like rhinestones, like puts in the work and the effort. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! I Good love it. Rick- Good old Mister Riccolo. So, listen, like those are all my heavy hitting questions that I do have for you, but we got to get into the second best segment of this podcast, and that is the ten count questions, the three count podcast, ten count questions, and. Uh, Mr. James, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast, and whatever's your answer, that's your answer. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown in the early 2000s Raw now. Or, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. Favorite movie? Step Brothers. 
Nope, we cut out again. Uh oh. Nope. Sonic or Mario? Ah, okay. uh, Mario. Uh, favorite. Uh, sorry. Favorite color? Uh, like a seafoam green. <laughs> I like it. PlayStation <laughs> or Xbox? Uh, currently have an Xbox, but I like PlayStation more. Okay. Favorite submission? Uh, stretch muffler. Let's go. Dolphins or whales? Ooh, whales. I was a big shark guy, but whales are way more badass, I've come to learn. <laughs> Favorite podcast? Last podcast on the left, and now the three-count podcast. Shout out. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um, hmm. Oh, do my boy Quinn Wittick. I haven't seen him do a podcast once, actually, and he is Einstein intelligent in every aspect of the world <laughs> bet and then last but not least my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on the show favorite curse word oh man cocksucker <laughs> yeah, let's go <laughs> <laughs> my my lit my motto in life is csmf cocksucker motherfucker <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But, yo, those are all the questions I do have for you. So the last thing I need is for you to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at – what is my Instagram? I have a link tree for all of it in my bio. So my Instagram is oldstyle underscore Mugsy. And then you go down into my bio. There's a link tree for my TikTok, Twitter, YouTube channel, and my merchandise store that I just opened the other day. Let's got, go. got two t-shirts. Uh, you can get a mug Z. Mug Z on a mug. Uh, you can get a skateboard with a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater logo of me. It just says Mugsy James Pro Wrestler. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> We're frozen again. Uh-oh. Hmm. Yeah, you can find his link. There you are. Sorry, we cut out. I guess we'll just give it a second and just wait. <laughs> Which is weird because I'm plugged into my computer. So yeah. like, I, should, I should not have that problem at all. But I don't know, I'm pretty sure something around here is going crazy. And yeah. But hold on. So we'll finish this up in uh, three, two, one. So there you guys have it. You have all of his stuff. He just gave you it, right? So he's on Linktree. You can find all of his stuff from his TikTok, his IG, and his Twitter. But like every good wrestling match, we got to take it home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast Presents Now Entering. And like I said, I am Clifford Red. You do love this mountain called wrestling. And Azure Sherpa, which you guys should be calling me, you got to have somebody who's been there and done that and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And today you see him right next to me. He is the man, the old style, the strong style, the man who is, you know, six foot 240 and will lay an ass whooping to you if he needs to. 
Muxie Jams, and you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there, or you just wait for that outro, and then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want you to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give us a subscribe, turn the bell on, turn on notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys. And we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. Oh, at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.